Hey folks, this is Judd, and I am daydreaming about dragons again. Thank you for joining me. This should be episode three, recorded on November 29th-ish, and I am, I've got the, I've got the Bluetooth keyboard on my lap, I've got my screen set aside here so I can kind of type while I sit and watch some videos and chill, and I'm writing up spell lists for some D&D hack that I, I, I'm tinkering with. And I'm realizing that everything, every decision you make is, is world building. It's just world building. Uh, random encounter tables, the epitome of world building, right? What are you going to run into? Where is it dangerous? Where are you going to find friendly faces? Where are you going to find unfriendly faces? Hey, I noticed when we go into the Barrow Hills, we run into a lot of ghouls. They nearly killed us. Let's not go to the Barrow Hills. That's world building. And I think it's a more profound way to world build than, say, having a paragraph about where the, the ghouls come from in some book. It's way better because it's like, why are they there? Why are the Barrow Hills infested? What's going on? So what am I writing? I'm writing spell lists. And I don't know if I'm going to get to 100 like Nave has, but I'm, I'm futzing with them. And the first thing I'm thinking of is, how do how does D and D put together its spell lists? Right, divination, conjuration, uh, necromancy. That's world building. You're making decisions. Maybe it's the librarian in me, but the way that you set up all of that, the way that you categorize it, is world building. You're saying something about the world. Spells don't. Spells don't want to fit into those things they do we've been making those categories for a long time it's kind of hard to think outside them you know what does time what does time stop where does time stop fit in that where does wish fit in that i don't know it gets messy it gets messy when you have characters who's who have the ability to say a few incantations and wave their hands around and break the rules of reality and conjure things from other dimensions things get things get nasty Things go back and forth between different categories. So I had to think about it. What, what are my, you know, I can't just start writing spells and then, you know, that's what I did. I just started writing spells, but I started writing them in a notebook. When I started typing them, I needed a little, I needed some kind of structure. I craved categories and that's world building. So I started thinking about why are these spells out there, right? Because I'm going to be playing Knave. So the characters you've got, they're not wizards they're not trained they might have gotten a spell out of a trunk somewhere they might have stolen it off of a body that weird aunt that they have who went away to the wars back in the day might have come back with it she doesn't talk much she drinks a lot she gave me a book before she died and said you're the adventurous one you're going to end up leaving this town you should take this don't cast it unless you're in a lot of trouble what World building. So it's why are these things out there, right? It's like, you know, finding arrowheads on old sites, old battlefield sites. Why are they here? And that's what I want spells to be like, right? Here are my categories so far. Hidden caches from the Mage Wars. Gifts from the Fey Queen. Copies from the Wizards Guild. Fiendland's Relics. Old Queen's Druidic Tome, 
black market hobgoblin cantrips, lake country gnomes, family illusions, elemental artifacts. And there's going to be a bit of history behind those. Just a sentence, a sentence for each category. Hey, you know, hidden caches from the Mage Wars. Yeah, the mages went, the wizards went to, the wizards guild went to war. We call it the Mage Wars. And they're like, and they put caches everywhere just in case they got caught without their spellbooks or their spellbooks burned. They basically buried stuff. And sometimes we still dig one up. And we get past the traps. And this is generally what we find. You know, sometimes we sell it. Sometimes it ends up in a barn somewhere. Sometimes we use those books as a coffee table because they're huge. Right? Gifts from the Fake Queen. Yeah, back in the day when, when, when the fairylands were in spring, she used to just wander the, ra- ra- wander the realm and just shower gifts on people. Her laughter was like the rain. But now, now the Feylands are in autumn. And things are getting a little darker. Even in the Dusklands. Even for, you know, lands that don't go out of dusk or twilight. Uh-oh. What does that mean? I don't know. It's good stuff. Copies from the Wizards Guild. Yeah, there's a Wizards Guild. It's far away over in the capital. And they're adventurers and they come here and they die. And then their books get kind of... You know, somebody finds them and they grab their books and they get out of there and they those books get spread around. And then someone who knows a little bit of writing and reading, they'll copy something. So you have a copy of a copy of a copy. It's not great, but it's something. The old queen's druidic tomes. Yeah, the old queen is out there. She's got a druidic order. They don't like to lose their stuff, but it happens. They're runaway apprentices. The Fiendland's relics. Yes, they're... Once there was a, a lord of the Fiendlands, there was a warlock lord here. Yeah, his stuff is still around. You know, he had knights, knights with spellbooks, who worshipped all kinds of devils on their altars. And their stuff is still around. Lake Country Gnomish Family Illusions. I just like it. It sounds, it sounds friendly, you know? And I like that the Lake Country has gnomes. My friend Tom recommended that, and I just I think it's cool. Black market hobgoblin cantrips. I like the idea that there's a hobgoblin empire somewhere in the north. I'm going to have a whole, I have to do a whole thing about where your monsters are and what they are. And I think hobgoblins as this kind of imperial monster is cool, are cool. They're good for that. And they're going to be really basic spells, right? Things that a soldier might need to, to, get, to get ready, ready for parade day, ready for battle. But little things, shine, mend, sharpen. But then a weird one like store ghosts. What happens when your friends die? You don't really have time to bury them, but you want to put them to rest. Now you can store their ghost in a bottle. Good stuff. And elemental artifacts are just going to be things from way back in the day, way back, when, uh, when the gods and the elementals went to war. Yeah, there's still stuff around from then. There still is. There used to be gates open. Things poured through. And I've also got a, I might have some, some, some other stuff. Some stuff from the from the little bit more chaotic, a little more weird, you know, things from straight up other worlds. But it's fun. It's fun to think about this. It's fun to take something to its illogical conclusion, right? Alignment. What does that mean? Alignment languages. That sounds corny. Maybe. Let's not think about how Gary meant it. Let's think about how we mean it. Let's think about what that means to us. What does that mean that there is an alignment for morality and goodness and a alignment and a, a, a language for evil. What? How bad do you have to be to just know that language? 
One day you wake up and you're like, yeah, I can speak evil. What does that mean? You know? Does your mom say, oh, that kid, that kid was born speaking evil. (laughs) He was speaking evil from the day. I mean, he was speaking evil before he was speaking common. Interesting. It's interesting. If you take those things and run with them, what does it mean? Kind of fascinated by that. All aspects of the game. Once you get hacking at a, at a, once you start making a hack, every little bit of it is a bit of world building. Every little bit of it is a choice. Good stuff. Fun. Can't wait to take it to the table. I'm trying to gather some friends together, do some face-to-face gaming. I don't know if you guys know about that, but before Twitch and uh, Discord and YouTube and, and Google Hangouts, there was this thing people used to do. They would gather around these flat services called tables. They would see each other face to face. It was weird, but it was really good. It's difficult to get done nowadays. Trying, trying. We'll get it going. All right. We've got a new guest star. It's the Inspiration Goat. Before I talk about what's going to be inspiring me, the Inspiration Goat's going to bring it over. So let's get the Inspiration Goat. Inspiration Goat, bring me something inspiring. Thank you, Inspiration Goat. And we've got a weird one today. It's not a book. It's not a movie. It's not a piece of music. It's not an album. It is a Twitter account called D&D Skill Checks. And I think most of the time when the Inspiration Goat brings me something, it'll be uh, you know more of a piece of media. But this is one I wanted to talk about. And D&D Skill Checks, uh, at D-N-D Skill Check, all one word, uh, is it basically is a I think it's bot generated and it creates the context for a skill check like in a D&D game. And I'm not even crazy about the skill system in D&D. And in the hack I'm making, I'm not even sure there is going to be a skill system. But I still find this interesting. So for example, it says uh I'm going to pick one that I made that I like. Um bum, bum, bum. Let's find one that's good. Uh, Salorn tries a DC 24 constitution skill check against the dragon cult. She rolls a 24. What happens next? Now, there's not much there, right? What is the constitution check for? Against the whole cult? What's going on, right? So you've got to give context. And I like it. It's kind of a writing exercise. But what it makes you do is it makes you give context to successes and failures, And I think that's a really, really valuable GM skill to work on. I think it's fun. And I think in the making of it, there could be some fun conversations about gaming. I will put a link to a moment that I've created on my Twitter account. And you'll be able to see a bunch of them that I've written. And you can click through to there and get your own and start responding to your own. And if you do, uh, at me uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, Judd underscore of underscore Cryos, K-R-Y-O-S. I'll put a link to that too, and you'll be able to see it in the moment that I link you to. And and let me know what you're doing. Show me. Say, hey, Judd, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm, uh, this is interesting, or not interesting, or whatever it is. And I think there's there are interesting gaming conversations to be had with this. And the reason why is is it's like an isolation exercise, right? It's like the the curls of of DMing muscles, right? You're just working the biceps. You're just working this one little thing which is how do I deal with success and how do I deal with failure at the table? 
That's really important. That's a really important skill to work on. And I think it's an interesting, fun thing to do. So, I mean, what, the way I have it set up now is I, I go, I use TweetDeck, right? So I have it set up so that my response comes up every, like I have more than one of these comes up a day, but I don't like all of them, right? Because they're bot generated. So some of them are a little wonky, a little gonzo for me. But when there's one that I think is fun, that inspires me, um, I, I write something down. And, and sometimes it's a little more like fiction than like a game thing. And sometimes it's more gamey than fiction. And that's okay. It's just fun. But I put one out every day uh, on my Twitter account. And I think there's something to it. There's a, there's a gaming conversation to be had here about success and failure that is actually really valuable. Um, that's a huge skill. What do you do when the person fails and what do you do when the person succeeds? And, and very often when you don't know what to do, it's because a role was called when it didn't need to be called. And that's a whole other skill, right? That's a, that's a whole other muscle group that, that we need to think about. When do we call for a role and when do we say, you know what, you did it. Or, you know what, tell me more about what you're doing here, Right. Because the, the example everyone always says is like, oh, I try to jump to the moon. Okay, you jump as high as you can and you land and you, you, know, you, you, you can't get to the moon. But that's a bad example, right? That, that would be a player kind of acting in bad faith. Um, what happens when the player is acting in good faith and tries to do something? You know, and, and what the GM needs to ask questions. And sometimes as the GM, we need to get the player, GM, DM, referee, whatever, we need to ask the player, our, our fellow player to, to ask more questions. Be like, you know what? I'm not sure you have enough context for this. Ask more questions. Get a clearer picture. Uh, it's a huge skill. It's a technique. It's, there's something there to it. And, and as I said, this is not exactly my favorite version of D&D, I don't think. Uh, you know, with, with DC and skill checks, I, I'm not even sure that I want skills in the D&D game that I'm making. But... The inspired game that I'm making, whatever it is that this thing is going to be. But I still think this is a really valuable thing. Uh, I just ran a game of, of Burning Wheel and there was so much failure in it that I, I ended up feeling bad. But I was watching a, a character who was a, a, a peasant woman uh, get in way over her head, take a shot at something, fail, right? The dice just didn't go her way. And then doors started to close and close and close and close until I didn't even know what to suggest she do. And NPCs were just like, hey, you should go home and store up, you know? You, you. And that's not necessarily, that's not, when I have NPCs say that, that's not because I'm saying that. That's not me making a, a you know, as a GM, I try to stay out of it and not make a judgment on the character, unless they're doing something really disgusting. And I just have to say, wait, time out. I can't even deal with this. That's a protagonist, an antagonist. They can't, I'm not interested in this. But when they're just flailing, um, I, I, the, I'm I, not going to make a comment on that. You know, I'm not going to criticize someone for, for giving it a shot. Uh, it was rough. It was rough to watch. Very, very, very difficult. So, but that's that's part of it. That's part of what makes a great fe- a great hero. Uh, and maybe, uh, you know, 
Bina Janos won't be a great hero. Maybe she'll be a cautionary tale about why you shouldn't leave home, you know? But that's not for me to say. That's for the game to say. It's for the experience of playing the game to say. I want, I want me and Sean to be able to go through, experience it, and see what happens. And there's a lot of techniques that make that happen. And one of those techniques, one of the many things that goes into, being, that goes into making these games happen is success and failure. And I've been really thinking about a lot about success and failure, really on the daily, because of D&D skill checks. I think on the surface, it looks kind of silly, but look deeper, look deeper and think about how you can think about it and think about what discussions there are to be had about as a GM and what you would do as a GM in a certain situation. I think there's a lot of value to that. There's a lot of value to thinking about that critically and to discussing it and having fun with it and goofing around with it and sharing that all together. So give it a shot. Look up D&D skill checks. Uh, you know, make up your own. Let me know. You know, ping me, with a, ping me with a link so I can come over and say hi. And let me know if you've got any really cool examples of success or really cool examples of failure in your game. Feel free to message me. That's the cool thing about Anchor. If you don't have the Anchor app, you can get it. And you don't have to listen to the shows. I don't listen to shows through the Anchor app. I listen to it off a different one. But I like using the Anchor app because I can, I can message podcasts that, are, that also use the app. So feel free to message me and uh, I'll, I'll definitely have you on a show. Uh, I hope, possibly, if it works. And, you know, it's nice to have this be a conversation rather than just a proclamation. You know, I like something that, that Ray said over in Plundergrounds. He's talking about this being a conversation that, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm just someone sharing, you know, sharing in the, the, the dialogue. And that's what it should be. It should be, this is, these are games about talking, right? Uh, so you're, we're talking about adventure very often, but ultimately we're talking. And it's nice to have conversations about that, you know, and talking about how we can make that, those conversations more clear and make the techniques that make those conversations solid even better. So let me know how your success and failure is going at your game table. And I will talk to you next week, wherein the inspiration goat will bring me something a little more traditional, a piece of media, a book. You know? Come on, inspiration goat. Good night, folks. Have a great week. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you're rejuvenated. I hope the holiday season is going well for you. Inspiration Goat is used with permission of Johnny Keeparthasarthi.